Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. This is episode number 59. 59? And this is a, it's a special episode of Room of Filmmakers here. I'm sitting with three of the seven filmmakers from the anthology upcoming feature film, currently in crowdfunding phase, titled Through the Blinds. I will, yes, we have T.L. Kwok, Sylvia Ray, Louisa Jeez Louise, I'm sorry. Novo. <laughs> I had to go for memory. Uh, that was the best I got. So thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So we're gonna have to. We're gonna. We're we're gonna experiment with the, with these with these microphones here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's more uh, than just one of us, so we're gonna be passing along and hope for the best. <laughs> we'll make it work. Currently voiceless. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. We'll try our best. Let me just give a. I'll just give the rundown on uh, Through the Blind is an anthology series, anthology feature film of intimate stories that take place over seven decades under one roof. Seven women directors are on a mission to tell stories of underrepresented communities, and we shall just go from there. So well, I guess we'll go down the line. I'll hand the mic over. Feel f- I guess we'll we'll learn the we'll figure out our dynamic on microphone <laughs> stuff. For now, for now, you're mute. I'm so sorry. Um, so let's just get a rundown of uh, the individual shorts compiling uh, into this anthology. So let's start with TL here. Hello. So <laughs> so uh, I my short is going to take place in 2002. And I have a background in psychological thrillers, and so therefore I wanted to do one for uh, our film here. And so in mine, uh, it's a single mom who comes home to her house being, having her home being ransacked. And so she kind of gets wrapped up in paranoia, like who's done it, whether it's the neighbors or maybe it's like um, her ex-husband or something, like, or just maybe someone random. Um, so she just kind of gets kind of wrapped up in her own life and on top of trying to take care of her kids and going to work and all that. Um, so it's just kind of like a pressure cooker of just all these stresses that she may witness after like this break-in and, um, and how to stay afloat. And yeah, it's super intense <laughs> and fun at the same time. Yeah, and all of our shorts go in order. So Tina's is the sixth that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mine is set in the 90s. Um, as a kid who grew up in the 90s, I kind of jumped for that one. Um, I think we all did, but I really, really felt like choosing that decade and um, telling the story um, of one of my real-life friends that I um, had when I was growing up, and she was a homeschooled child, um, and when I would go visit her home, it was just a very unique experience and space um, that kind of unleashed a lot of memories when we started to write. Um, So basically it's about a girl named Venice, um, and my short is not solely based on truth. It's (laughs) inspired by. Um, It's about a girl named Venice, and this is the first time we kind of see uh, a different home. So mine is set, starts off at at the neighbor's house, um, and she ends up hearing lots of friends or, or not friends but lots of like laughter and children laughing and, and you learn that Venice you learn right right away that she's kind of a lonely kid she just lives with her dad and um, 
And she's drawn to this house, which ends up being a house full of kids, um, three kids, and um, they end up, they're very uh, religious and homeschooled, and they're not allowed to watch TV. They're kind of cut off from society. Uh, And so this is kind of like a new world for Venice. And on the flip side, the friend that she makes, Hannah, Venice is like the touchstone to the outside world because she's kind of trapped there. So that's basically <laughs> um, that's basically what mine is about. So and it's called the neighbors because it's she's the neighbor. Uh, mine is the last one. So nineties, two thousand, two thousand and tens. Uh, I share characters with Tina's story. Her character protagonist is the mom, and she has a teenage daughter. And then in mine, the teenage daughter is thirty years old. And my story is about her coming back home to sell the house after mom passes away. And it's her trying to um, kind of atone for herself why she wasn't there. And she missed a lot of family milestones and just family connection because she was trying to make a career for herself uh, in New York. And she comes back home and she has to deal with all of that. And she also tries to reconnect with her brother. Uh, who also has a small uh, daughter who she's also also not been there for. Um, So it's about grief and connection, and it's pre-pandemic, but I guess uh, a lot of pandemic feelings have gone into (laughs) the writing, yes. I have to say, yeah, we actually formed this right before the pandemic. Like, we kind of had a – we took a class – uh, with uh, Alliance of Women Directors, um, directing the actors. And then we were like, oh, we like each other. Let's stay friends. Let's all have a potluck and everything. Um, so we did. And we're, and one of the things that we uh, were sharing was that how it was so hard for all of us to make a feature. And so, so we're like, wait, let's all work together and stuff and make an anthology. And so we just kind of, those ideas started brewing. And as we were starting writing, the pandemic hit. And that's where we're like, oh okay, well, I guess we'll continue writing and keep working on this for a bit. Um, and it's interesting. Actually, we're all the modern times. We're like all our, yeah. all our, like, all our 50s and 60s peeps are, and all of them. Yeah, we're the tail end of the film. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Great. Okay, yeah. So I guess just to clarify for, for the people, um, so this project came about. The crowdfunding campaign is currently active through Seed and Spark. I'll throw links in the in the, in the descriptions and all that sort of thing. I know, I know, as of how we're speaking right now, the project has officially been greenlit via the Seed and Spark um, model. Uh, so congrats on that. Um, I know, based off speaking, because I had the chance to speak with Jessica Liu. Um, I do want to clarify as well that the current campaign is designed to kind of uh, get the wheels turning on the full production. Like it's mentioned, that making a feature film is hard. It's very difficult. Um, so the current ask, I believe, is towards a pre-production. So we, I don't know, I don't, know, I don't know how involved or how the strategy came about, um, but I do want to clarify that. The, the current amount being asked is to jump into pre-production. There's still more money that could go towards production and all that sort of stuff. So, Correct. Um, even, even if you do go to the page and they've reached their goal, 
there's plenty more. Yes. It's, it's still yes. lots of work left to do. So I'm sure there's stretch goals in mind. We can talk about that too. But mm-hmm. um, do, do you want us to uh, also tell you about the other stories? We could if you want us to. Um, Arna. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't want to speak to it. Oh, sorry. I, I don't want to speak to it. I don't want to slaughter their, their log lines or anything. I don't okay. memorize any of them. Um, but definitely on our campaign, there's definitely descriptions of it there, which you can find link below or up, depending on where, right. how, it, how it's formatted in Dupe. Um, and to clarify, each director has a decade starting from the 50s, um, which um, Christine. I can't. Giralaga. Giralaga yeah. um, for our first um, director does the 50s and then we have the 60s, 70s, and then mm-hmm. 90s and so on. Yeah, yeah. So um, just to clarify that it's all set pretty much in one home mm-hmm. through the decades and um, theirs connects through um, family. So this house has a, a lot of turnover going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we cover a lot of stories um, and the themes are pretty... Mm-hmm. Pretty cohesive, yeah. Um, so when the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. basically um, we used the time that we had together as like a writer's room, a built-in writer's room, and we would send each other versions of our scripts, give each other's notes, comments on our scripts and things like that, and then um, send version by version by version till we got to a point where we were in a vacuum. <laughs> we were like, we uh, could use some producers now. Um, and so we actually saw out and interviewed several producers to come and join us. And we found Kate Tuxford and Renzo, or Alexander Renzo, <laughs> what we call her Renzo. And they're, they've been our producers that kind of... Um, Together, we decided to start off with our crowdfunding campaign of basically seed money or starting starting money um, to get it off the ground. Because that's like, you know, to pay for a line producer to get a really realistic budget for all of these period pieces, you know, is something that we need. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we are now. We're like trying to lift this plane up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, we're building a better pitch package, essentially, to, like, approach bigger investors and, like, and basically, yeah, the people with more money, the millionaires, in a way, um, to um, essentially, yeah, help support our film and bring it further than what is what, where it is now. Um, and, yeah, essentially, we're raising money for, like, can you find a casting director, so, therefore, we could start seeing get uh, talent um, being interested or maybe signing on to our project or... Um, make, like also like um, uh, maybe you can get a concept artist to kind of draw, draw up some visuals just to help you know like uh, I guess help people visualize what our film could look like because uh, you know a lot of um, oh go ahead sorry well I was just going to say yeah the concept art could help us reimagine a, a sing- singular home multiple times like mm-hmm. through different decades mm-hmm. um, yeah just to kind of get things going with the production design yeah, and with one of our stretch goals as well was to find um, probably start bringing on a production designer and start yeah. kind of conceptualizing and like basically basically making it happen to like so we could see, you know, keep this train moving kind of thing. Amazing. I don't know. This, whenever I'm handed the mic, I'm like, okay, I have to talk now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I like. No, it's great. It's great. I like the. Uh, I like. Yeah, it's going lovely. Okay, so. 
I'm trying to think. I want to hear about, because me being a filmmaker as well, jumping into new projects, I always think about like from other creatives' perspectives on what it is on this specific project that um, that you are kind of challenging yourselves with, or like what the next. Oh, maybe there's an aspect of the of the type of story you're experimenting in a new direction, or you're switching up a genre, or like what specifically for this upcoming one you're most excited about kind of challenging yourself with outside of uh, um, um yeah i can go i can speak to that um up until this poor uh up until this film i've been making um i guess dramedies mm-hmm. <laughs> and um so the writing of this film was a bit of a challenge and um because it mostly involves children um, and I haven't written for children before, and um, I've only directed my son <laughs> um, just last year. And um, so writing for a child um, and imagining what it would be like to cast them and um, work with them. Working with them, I'm, I'm less cha- I feel less challenged because I'm a mom and I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, so I feel like other kids would be a breeze because my kids would be very difficult. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically that for me is the like what's new. And it, it's more along, um, there's a bit of levity to my film, but it's it's um, more on the dramatic side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what age are you writing for in them? Uh, eight. Yeah. And uh, there's a range. Um, so there's a six-year-old, eight-year-old, and a, a bit of an older one. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Okay. So they're, they're <laughs> all together. There's all together. There's um, four. Okay. Yeah, there were more. So <laughs> I guess down. I guess you mentioned it's difficult to do the writing aspect potentially. What? Yeah. yeah how have you? How did you approach dialogue and all that kind of? How did you well, jump the into dialogue, that? Um, the dialogue was a little bit interesting because the family that lives in the home that our house is, um, they're different. They didn't grow up with TV. Um, you know, they uh, don't socialize with public school kids. You know, they, mm-hmm. they speak differently. Um, and I only had that from my experience, what they would say. Like, do they say mother versus mom? Or, you know, um, they're definitely not going to say mama. You know, so, like, um, that was kind of, like, just real fun creativity stuff. Uh, and then for my protagonist Venice um I just had to think about what would I would say when I was younger (laughs) right right because I know criticisms can sometimes be when you're watching kids like it's like kids would never they're speaking like adult you know like it's always like a I've never I don't think I've ever written for kids so I know it's this yeah it's this whole thing Louisa you want to um I don't know exactly my character is very much like myself, so I don't think that's a challenge. Um, and I drew very much from, like, me. Uh, I, I am going to do a lot of, because it's a lot about text messages and emails coming in, and I am going to do that, like, in post, which I haven't done before. So I'm, like, researching the best way of presenting that kind of visual because because it's all over my, my script she's alone in the house she doesn't really talk to to people she has like two calls and that's it everything else is she's typing she's receiving emails she's reading a text 
Um, so, so I guess my challenge would be in the best way to present that. Interesting is also like what serves the story best because it's like important. It like serves the sorry serves the story and serves the character. Um, but everything else is is kind of my, a lot of my other shorts um, about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have written for teenagers before. <laughs> I have a short that's like takes with a fifteen-year-old, mm-hmm. um, but the others were with adult women, um, and they're all kind of at a crossroads in their life. So I got that in common. Like I guess it's a common thread in my stories, um, and it's definitely a drama. <laughs> it's definitely a drama. Okay, so a lot of the a uh, lot of the thoughts are going into how to how to shoot it and able to creatively display like all the text and all that kind of that's kind of like a, the new thing for you to play with. Because I know like challenging oneself isn't. I mean, there's the sto- There's so many ways to challenge yourself as a director because there's infinite departments. <laughs> well, there's not infinite departments, but you know, there's 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 so many departments. Like I know, like for I don't like having a whole. I don't. I don't know, I guess, the background specifically on each of the short films you've developed before, or how big are the crews you worked with, or maybe it's like a challenge to like, I'm actually going to have a full-scale team for the first time, or, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I honestly can't wait to have a full-scale team, because, you know, like, a lot of my shorts are like 300 bucks, so, and, um, and actually, I feel with this film, it's more of a elevated version of all the things I've made. Uh, I did work with kids before, um, and and they're fun. You know, they're, they're less themselves. They're, they're easy for the most part if you cast them right, you know. Um, and I also worked with Prop Guns before, which is also my film. Um, and But then I have five kids in my thing, uh, Prop Guns. I also have a dog in it, which that's one thing I haven't had before, a pet or like an animal in. Because one of the things that the, the protagonist does, she, um, you know, She's like, no, no dogs, no dogs, or whatever. And then, you know, she has a, like, a, uh, um, uh, like, she gets paranoid at one night because, like, someone's rummaging through her trash or whatever like that. And then she's like, oh, shit, like, I need to, like, grab, you know, get something to, like, protect my kids or whatever. And then she just, like, immediately gets a dog because, you know, that's, she's just kind of reacting on survival in that sense. So that's something that's very new. I would never worked with a dog before. Um, but, yes, I do have a, a, like, a lot of characters. But I think it's definitely... Um, um, it needs to be there because it's, it's a very, it, it's more of a family, no, I wouldn't say family film, but <laughs> maybe in my household there's a family film. I was actually watching Nobody, the, the action movie the other day, and I was, I was watching it and I was like, ah, I would watch this with my family because it's just a family film to me. Anyway, um, well, in my sense, I guess my film is a family film, but there's a family in it, and then she, and the protagonist, she, um, she has a sister who also has a family, and then also dealing with the neighbors who has a family. So it's a very, um, you know, I guess well-rounded in that sense. Um, and um, since I, um, I am also uh, purposely casting them as Southeast Asian, and and I just feel like the family and that idea is just very strong. 
And so the, it, it just, when we, as we were brainstorming about the ideas of how our films would be in, in terms of like our, our themes about what is home like, like that was immediately what I had in mind where it's like, okay, a family and what is home for me? Meant for me, it was like, oh, protection. And at least that's how I was taught where when you have things, you protect it. Mm -hmm. And what, and that kind of added to the, the theme of the script of just like, okay, how will this one woman protect her whole family and then also like everything else in her life? Um, and yeah, I think home was uh, like the big touchstone. Like, what does home mean to you? What is, what does home mean to a woman? And um, you know, it. I think for me, particularly, I when I think of home and memory, I think about memories and more of a nostalgic place. Like, I'm I'm building a home for myself now, but when I think of home, it's it's my childhood, my mother, my basically my friends' houses because I was literally there all of the time because I was lonely at home for pretty much. So, yeah, I feel like that was a big touchstone when we sought out to to write is, you know, what does home mean to you? And then the challenge, I think, the through line for all of us will be how do we make this feature film? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, you've made a few yourself, like, um, we could do it on our own and we are actively trying to do that for ourselves as directors, trying to direct our feature film or premiere feature. <clears throat> but um, having us as a group work on this together has been such a huge support system and it, it's bleeding into our other projects. So what we learn on this film each step of the way, it's going to affect how we approach our individual features. Um, so that's like the challenge, that's the something new for all of us is doing something bigger, um, like a feature. Yeah. I was gonna ask uh, TL, um, you're mentioning that the previous shorts that you had made were in the, you know, the very small budget range. You're like, you're looking forward to having a, more of a, more of a support system on set around you. What, um, I guess I, if I can ask it, maybe a two, it could be a two-parter across the board too, but like what's the most exciting, the thing you're most excited about in that vein specifically with having, like if there's a specific crew member, you're just like, I can't wait to have a script supervisor next to me actually <laughs> like watching, you know, watching for the, the logistical stuff that, or the, the, there's not the word for that. Um, things that make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> yes, things that make it easier. So there's the there's the thing that you're like I can't wait for this person to take the, some weight off my shoulders, and then there's also like oh no, this person is this I, I don't know how to communicate with this person, and I'm afraid. There's some fear-based stuff in the creative. Yeah, it's mostly that I could actually pay my friends. You know, like yeah. I. Like one of my sets, um, my last big short film was Rule of Threes and it was a post-apocalyptic short film. And I, I, you know, I, I had like a cinematographer who volunteered who normally directs or like DPs like commercials. And he was, he was actually my cinematography teacher when I took like a cinematography class like way back when. And he was like, yeah, I'll help out. And then I was like, thank you, <laughs> you know? And f the fact that he spent the whole weekend shooting for that, like, that he's only one example. I didn't pay the actors. I did have an AD. I did have a script supervisor. I had, uh, like, the, all the necessary roles that needed to be there. But clearly, they're all doing this for free and volunteering to help me because they believed in me. 
And so it would be nice to give back in that sense, where it's like, oh, I'm so glad I could pay you. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then have more, and then just do things properly um, and safely, for sure. I mean, yes, we definitely, you know, we had a gun, like a, a prop gun. wasn't loaded, clearly. We did have people who were, like, you know, knew where it was and what, you know, that, and we handled it very well. Um, and, yeah. It was, and then we also, like, in, in the scenes, that like, we did have to, like, you know, fire like necessarily fire it like um well it looked like i was as if we're firing it because it's not loaded or anything but anyway essentially yes do things safely um and just and orderly rather than just kind of this everybody does everything kind of thing like i had friends who like was the data loader and also a little grip <laughs> kind of thing and they're just and it was great that everyone was hands-on in that sense um but yeah mainly for like the scales i like having a larger scale is just nice to just give back to who have been helping me for such a long time. I think, well, the, my last uh, project was a workplace comedy web series pilot. Uh, and I think that's the biggest crew I ever had. But still, like, I had one person in art, like, one production designer. I really wish I could give her a bigger team. I had one costume designer who... So, like, I just... And I never worked with a costume designer before. So I'm looking forward to have somebody actually handle all of that without me you know, having to be so hands-on. Before that, it was like, my makeup artist was my friend, and she she also helped me choose. It's like, actors, bring all your clothes. I like that, I like that, I like that. Great, that's your call. You know, like, actually have put a little bit more thought in that. Um, but those, I think those costumes and production design is something that I'm looking forward to having a lot more help with. And our, our the whole feature is period. Mine is the one that's easier, but like, it, I think our whole project is very production design heavy. Um, so I'm looking forward to all of us having <laughs> a lot of help. Yeah, one thing frustrating is kind of like, you know, we as directors, yes, we need like stuff on our portfolio. But how do we do that? We have to find the money. And like, where do we get the money? Oh, from our own pockets kind of thing. So it's that constant thing of just like, okay, let's try to shoot something. Okay, let's just spend only 20, 200 bucks, you know, kind of thing. And just kind of be creative with that, which does add creativity but it is yeah like nice where we could just yeah again not like feel like there's a class thing or a, a financial gap that we have to keep facing each time yeah speak to <laughs> um i was just gonna say that with um just seeing what is happening with our crowdfunding campaign and how successful it's been um in just the short amount of time that we've had it live I'm really hopeful that we would get a healthy, comfortable budget for our film um, because there's seven of us and um, we are pulling for our, from our networks. Um, there are many people who are supporting us and who believe in us and who want to see us succeed. Also, just the fact that the project is really like cool and interesting. It's seven women directors telling their story about a home and what home means to them. You know, I feel like just concept-wise, people have been um, really kind of stoked about it, which is really fun to see. Yeah, and this is, I crowdfunded before for, like, my, my last short, and this is the second time of crowdfunding, and there's, like, so much other random people donating, and it's freaking amazing, and that just kind of shows that people want this to happen. Like, Mark Duplass dropped money for us, and we're like, what? Yeah. So that's, like, shows that, yeah, we th this is content that people, this, uh, that audience does need. 
Right. And we, we, we dream, you know, we have dreams and, um, <laughs> and you know, the idea of getting picked up as a mini series or something like that is very enticing. Cause then we can have like potentially a second season with the kind of the same blueprint where there's other women directors that are, um, working on something like this. Like it, it it's just like the possibilities are kind of endless and, mm-hmm. and we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, and we could create jobs. Sorry, I keep hogging the mic. And we could create jobs for women. It's women represented communities. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. No, I love all that. I, when, when, yeah, see, I, I keep up on the Instagram from of on the through the blinds ing, and I did see the the share about Mark Duplass and stuff, and that was super cool. Yeah. Um, and then thinking about Mark Duplass too, I know, like I think about his his one show uh, on HBO, The Room One Hundred Four, mm-hmm. feels very similar to this idea where you have the one location, keep it producible. Quotes on that on that where you have the one set and you're just rotating the art and you're rotating yeah. the cast and the in the crew. It's very true, but I don't think, at least not consciously, none of us like is like, oh, you know, there's something very similar. Do you, do you know that we could do that? Like, actually, I think it's an afterthought, but it's yeah. true. Yeah. No, I'm assuming, yeah, it's, it's most likely a happenstance, but I know, because, you know, we all, we all come up with ideas oh, and yeah. as somebody points out, oh, oh my gosh, oh, somebody did, you know, this is. Yeah, we have no, yeah. We have no issues being compared <laughs> to Mark Duplass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the a cool thing about that show is that the the, the episodes are wildly different. And I yeah. feel like within our anthology, like you really can see the different directing and writing styles uh, within the scripts. And um, you know, we'll have a visual cohesiveness, but you, you'll feel you'll feel a difference. Yeah. Okay. That segues into the next question. Um you talk about visual cohesiveness. Uh, I guess that's like one, me as a uh, fan of seeing this movie come to life, I am very curious on, because when, when I think about anthologies, I don't have much experience with watching anthologies. So this is very interesting for me too. Uh, where I know I've heard of like horror short, horror anthologies where it's a bunch of horror shorts together. I don't know if how much cohesiveness they have or if it's just within the genre. Um, but this I imagine because there's the location tying it all together and plus the final two are literally connected as well that there's lots of opportunity to actually have a little bit more of a succinct message throughout all of the pieces but I am curious to hear about I don't know if I was going to ask about the specific visualness on how if there's anything specific that everybody's thinking about to bring it pull together. Um, but I also want to talk about the individual voices and uh, but let's stick with the cohesiveness things that you brought yeah. that up. Well, we we talk about this a lot, um, and one of the ideas is to bring in um, potentially one DP to do to work on it. Um, although we're not. So you know, sold on a particular decision on that. Um, and then as far as script writing goes, we we really wanted to um, find a cohesive through, like several through lines that we can weave through maybe every other script or every other, um, or throughout each script. Um, and so we do have visual elements and callbacks throughout our scripts. Because um, like I said, we, we work this out like a writer's mm-hmm. room. We work together to like, we, we really commented on each other's stuff <laughs> nice. a lot <laughs> so, so i guess just to clarify too the location in the yeah. story 
is the literal same location the literal th- same through location. all the stories. Yes. Okay. It's Except not, yeah. my, my short is the only one that deviates from that. House. Yeah. Mine has starts off at the neighbor's house, but then you peek oh. in and you see, oh, that's the house we all know. Oh. And then we pop back in. Um, yeah. Yeah. I so. dig that. Yeah. Um, I think the, the first visual element that we talked about was a fireplace. Um, I guess it became from like, like the feeling of home and warmth and just home, home, homely, home, I don't know the word. Uh, so we have a fireplace that shows up, um, as, a a plot point in most of our scripts is either something that has a particular prop that's important or something happens in it. Um, and we also, at first, we chose Southern California and we're sticking to that at the moment. We discussed many places, like, should this be at another place in the US? Where should it be? Um, so we kind of are still with the so architecture of this place um, and, and the weather of this place. Uh, we have an earthquake that happens at one point early on that brings stuff to the house that we see visually throughout. Mm. Uh, some flashbacks in the acid trip that, ha- <laughs> that has callbacks to previous shorts. Um, so we have all sorts of stuff. That's, I love it. Nice. Awesome. I'm just looking at the rain outside currently. It's very, it's very, speaking of the weather. Yeah, it's very (laughs) non-Southern California. (laughs) Okay. So then jumping into, I am curious on the specific creative journeys as individuals as well. Because I know like even just on the, on the Through the Blinds website, for instance, like each, each director has a little bit of a, you know, succinct bio and I hate putting bios together. It's always the worst thing ever. (laughs) <laughs> it's like who are you and define yourself in three sentences please <laughs> so um thinking about uh developing your voice and as a as a creative and a filmmaker um how did you get to i don't know not not how did you develop your voice but i don't know i don't know what the question is i just want to how how did you how did you land how did you find your voice how did you do it and or question have you found it but you know because i feel like it's a constant evolving thing but um in terms of like potentially other directors or upcoming filmmakers that want to kind of take a piece of they're they're looking for their voice like what was something you did to help discover yours finding my voice (laughs) um well, I always knew that I wanted to direct psychological thrillers. Like, well, I wouldn't say always. I knew from when I was was in college and I watched, uh, I, I studied film theory in college and uh, the one class was Japanese cinema and that was cool. Uh, and then one film that I watched was Cure by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Um, really intense. And I remember being, like for my whole life, being really scared of uh, psychological thrillers or just horror films really because it's like, you know, it's scary. Um, but then when I watched it and it made me question like like morales and anxieties and stuff like that, it's just like that, I guess, I, I like how it's a really confrontational platform that kind of makes your mind churn a little bit, kind of like your memento and all that stuff where you just like, you kind of flip everything on its head and just kind of start thinking things and seeing things in a different way. So at least from there, when I was more serious about filmmaking, I knew that I was 
wanted to um, yeah do psychological thrillers specifically. Like I, I remember when I moved to New York and started working on film sets as a production assistant, people were like, "Wow, you're very specific." It's like, no, I knew what this is what I want to do. I just need to figure out how the hell to get there, kind of thing. We can swear, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think there was a lot of influence that did shape it, which I came came to realize, I guess maybe later on, where I like let's be honest, a lot of our films that we watch and like get inspired by are like white dudes or just dudes, really. Like you know, and a lot of my influences are those guys, or even like um, Asian directors who are, like are primarily ma like majority male. Um, so it's like for for me, like clearly I'm not that person. Um, so and it's so I was leaning more so on, like yeah, myself and a lot of horror, you know, and thrillers. It's like about women's fears and what is that that I lean on that was like what do I want to tell among those women's fears and how is that significantly like different from like um, you know men's feels, which I, I guess I won't know. Um, but but even so, like, just, just, like, being really delved into, like, you know, like, really involved in watching all these films, like, there are a lot of female characters that are written and directed by men, like, something like Rosemary's Baby. Like, I was in a bar one time, and this dude was like, don't you think, like, Rosemary's Baby is, like, like the most accurate depiction of, like, like the fear of childbirth? And I was like, no, dude, it's Roman Polanski. Like, how, how can you say that? <laughs> you have no clue. Can't say it's accurate. Sure, it's fearful, and it's in the fear of eyes of Roman Polanski, which is even more terrifying. But that's not an accurate depiction of fear of childbirth. So anyway, so that's so I've been seeing this a lot, where it's just like like when recent movies as well. That was just like, okay, here's like a female character who's childbirth or whatever, or just stuff, you know, and like me, and it's just like. Like they could just do so much more, but of course, you know, like, but they don't. They don't have the capacity to, and which is fine. I'm glad they don't need to know what childbirth is like, <laughs> or any other female pains. Um, but it is something that I guess when, I guess yeah, f finding my voice in a sense, like using, the, like, taking advantage that I am a woman and like the things that I think about, and I am very, I'm a very anxious person. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, <laughs> and just leaning in on that. Um, and, and another thing, you're also leaning on our, our backgrounds in a way. Like, I, there was a moment where, like, a lot of my peers, my Asian-American peers were like, well, you should direct with white actors because, therefore, people will take you more seriously or it wouldn't be that Asian film kind of thing. And that was, that was just a thing. And that, at the time, too, it was like, the, unfortunately, that was a standard. Um, and so that was annoying. Um, but, you know, leaning in on, like, my background, my, my parents are actually refugees from Vietnam. Uh, we're ethnically Chinese, and, um, and there's a lot about survival that at least my parents taught me about. And just kind of getting influenced about that, their thinking process, and why they do the way they do, and why they act the way they act, and just kind of basically adding that into, like, well, and like everyday life, really, like even like shoes in the house. Oh my God, it's like life or death. Like, oh my, <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the little things, like even the minute things that could have high stakes for some reason. And yeah, essentially adding that into filmmaking. So. <laughs>
Yeah, no, I was going to say, no, that sounds, that sounds uh, not awesome to me. Uh, they, well, just, <laughs> well, just like, okay, so two things. You said in the beginning that you kind of had a genre in mind that kind of you gravitated toward. And you've just been shaping yourself towards that from the beginning, which is awesome. Um, cause I know it's difficult to even just like learn what certain genres are and get, even just get good at that one thing. So being able to craft yourself towards that, I think is great. And knowing that is lovely to know. Um, and then understanding that when you look at that genre, you're like, there's a lot of missed opportunities here for, cause of the perspectives of who's telling the stories, like just understanding that your perspective is unique and you have something unique to bring to it. I think is an awesome um, lot of opportunity to uh, mix it up there and give something different, which is also great. Yeah. I love. I don't know. Do you have a Do you have a follow up? You said it very eloquently. Like I don't know how to follow, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to follow up with that. Um, but yeah, I think that, well, that's the amazing part of our group is like we all have something to offer that's totally different from like a default that we've been presented from the beginning. Um, Okay, you guys can talk now. <laughs> um, I I don't know if I have a voice, specifically like as far as drama goes at least. I when I write, it becomes very female oriented. All all the stuff I wrote are female protagonists and they are all dramas. I and I I mean there's levity to it, there's like different levels of of heavy. Um, but like one of my very first shorts in film school here is about a woman that cuts herself. And then the one, my thesis in Brazil is about this lonely woman who cannot make friends and she sees a robbery that makes her like go like start seeing things, uh, and makes reality fiction. And then another one is about a woman that dies from an abusive husband and the other is about a teenager. So uh, it, it's a little, so like I said, like turning points of like women's story. But, but then I decided I wanted to direct Breakland. It's a comedy. And I really enjoyed it. I uh, have yet to know if I have a, a specific point of view on it, dif different than other people, uh, and not just like generic. Uh, but I watch a lot of comedies. So what I write about is not necessarily what I consume the most, which is interesting to me, but I would love to do both. Uh, I just am more versed in drama right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you recently dove into experimenting with the, co the comedy side. What, what pushed you to, to pivot on that? Uh, just basically my friend had an idea I liked. Um, and I didn't write it. I don't think I could write comedy. I don't have, and I don't have aspirations to be a writer, which okay. I keep saying and people keep telling, <laughs> but I honestly don't. I have no interest in putting so much effort into something. I think it might be mediocre. So I, my friend had this idea and I, and he didn't want to direct it. And I was like, okay, let me direct it. And, uh, it was, uh, me just learning and researching everything I already watch it um, and it's a very broad type of comment it's a workplace type of TV show so I had a lot of stuff to pull from so that's why I say I don't know how unique my point of view is 
but at least they can do it as good as other people. <laughs> Luisa has a great point of view. I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, Breakland was really hilarious and funny, and and it was like the first comedy I ever seen you yeah. you make, and it was fucking funny. Um, and um, yeah, so I think we don't know what's in us sometimes when we sit down to write or when we when we are editing or or making things, and sometimes. A project has a life of its own, right? Where it's just like that's what's happening with this project, and there it is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but we can try to sculpt and mold as much as we can. But yeah, um, you were gonna say something. Oh, I was gonna say I also think about the filmmaking process as a as a just as a director climbing the ranks. Like some like every you're often there's a from my perspective there's often a feel of whenever you try to elevate to the next level, there's these uncertainties there. There's the, can I do this there? So then sometimes you're just trying to just survive the moment and get through. And uh, you don't really have time to be like, what's my, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to give some direction and make it look like I'm directing here. <laughs> well, and everybody uh, has an opinion about what you should or shouldn't be doing. Right. How so, to get to the next level. So building the confidence in yourself to trust the gut and to, because the gut is really, I guess, in the end, who you are. It's like mm-hmm. when you come to like what's funny in the moment or, mm-hmm. or regardless. But I know it is hard to um, throw, all the, throw all the chaos around you to really focus in on like, wait, who have to be. It's, the, con- <laughs> the confidence has to be you, you got to build that up to, to be able to stand in that in that storm and, and stand with 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 your voice and who you are. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, definitely. No, um, I feel like, you know when you're editing like there's a certain beat where it's funny and then there's a certain beat where it's not (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and that's you know relative to who you are as a person and yeah I feel like you're right a lot of it is gut and intuition and that's kind of where I've landed too because in the beginning in the hustle it could be like oh like like what can I make who can I meet how could I whatever get to the next place but then um you know as I like settle into this profession and get have stronger collaborations with my colleagues and my friends like at a certain point it gets to a point where I'm just like I want to just make stuff that I like but <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah right and have fun better to do stuff you don't. yeah like and also you know try to say what it, what it is you want to say or have the impact you want to have um you know those are always questions that I have for myself but I my I feel like my genre that I gravitate towards and that I've made up until this point has been drama comedies or dramedies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love uh, you know broad comedy. It's really fun also to direct to just have these amazing actors just like say funny jokes on the fly and just try not to laugh behind the camera. Like <laughs> that's a good time. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then um, but that being said, I like sci-fi I like all of the good movies (laughs) I like I just watched West Side Story I like musicals I think one day it will direct a musical Uh, I'd like to direct a going to space movie one day you know like I I know though that like there's a breakthrough you know in order to break through into television or that budget or whatever like people need to understand what it is you make well um, and so I would say right now for me, it is the woman-centric dramedy. Yeah. 
That's a great point because for me, I, sometimes I always say like I'm, I'm actually a one-trick pony where it's really only – it's really like a woman of whatever ra random age it is and then what, I guess, trauma she goes through and it all varies. Um, and that's what makes it more interesting in terms of like – like, at least for the other filmmakers out there, finding their voice and stuff, just sticking to, like, this specific theme. Like, mine is mostly about survival and whatever the situation. And normal people, which is, like, mostly women, like, they, and these things that are happening to them and how that they react to those situations. Um, and so a lot of th those, that's that kind of reflects in a lot of my writing. Like, my, my other feature has about Stockholm Syndrome and how will this teenage girl will deal with, like, this situation. And then my next feature I wrote that I really need to rewrite um, is um, about, like, a, a, a young adult who's going through transgenerational trauma. Like, things like that. Even though the structure is similar, it is having different types of topics that we kind of sur surround, like, the, the survival aspect and also, again, the, the women's fear aspect that I really want to keep diving into because we clearly don't have just one fear. <laughs> so at least we wish we had only one fear. <laughs> okay. Great, great segment there. I'll pivot us a little bit. I want to, because I don't, I don't talk about the, this is it's simple process thing. Um, I want to talk about casting. Um, I feel like let's just say for this for through the blind specifically here there's a lot of stories coming up and there's a lot of uh i'll say i'll just you know a lot of actor opportunity potentially for for roles that aren't for stories that aren't typically told as often as these actors would prefer to you know prefer to act in so uh and there's you know there's actors watching right now wondering like cast me how are you going to cast me yeah. so <laughs> How how do you go through that process? How do you how do you sift through through the faces through the through the performances and is is there something that sticks out or or maybe for this one what are your what are your plans for maybe ideal I don't know or <laughs> or the past all the above that's my best attempt at a question that's a tough question like like because we're all different and we all our stories require different things like i know in mine like i am purposely gonna try, uh, cast them as southeast asian and i i'm really doing that mostly because i felt like an asian american like cinema lately it is mostly east asians that are being featured like something like in S crazy rich asians like a lot of them are like of east asian descent even though Singapore is a huge mixed bag of like different ethnicities and stuff. And yeah, I just wanted to, like a part of the, my story is the microaggressions that this um, the single mother is facing, not only being a woman, and like single mother, you know, and also she's brown too on top of that. Like the idea, just like all this stuff is just really like beating in her head about how, f I guess, less of she's not but it's just like that idea that society makes her less of and so and unfortunately that's not necessarily like we're trying to uplift women and 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 you know i i wanted that was one way of me trying to uplift like say like maybe cast someone who is like who's a filipino or like laotian or Hmong or you know the communities that we don't like i'm sure a lot of people that like that is outside of the asian american community we probably won't know um and so for me, I don't know. Like I, 
I probably had to do a lot more research to see if there's any other actors who are more named, but I, I'm actually perfectly fine if it's non-name actors because we are making their careers as well in this film. Um, mine and Tina's are so intertwined. Uh, yeah, that that's interesting too. Yeah, there's yeah. That element of I th it. I think it's gonna be her casting first because the mommy hers I can use the same actress. Uh, the age difference is like not that hard, but whoever she casts is the teenage daughter. Or maybe we can even like do the other way around. I cast my main actress, and then she has to cast the teenage daughter based on what mine look like. <laughs> Uh, but we are going to share actors. I have flashbacks, so I'm going to use her teenage daughter as well. I am mm. going to use her mom. I am going to use her, the brother, which is younger. It's uh, eight years old, I think, or nine, I forgot. Uh, so I guess we're going to have to go together on this one. But um, I, I think casting is super important. I have gotten better at it. I think with Brooklyn, I had to do it by myself. I didn't pay anybody. So it was a lot uh, I saw a lot of people in comedy. I was like, I have ne never done it before. It's got to be somebody that's already good. I, you know, like I can't you just... Can't somebody yeah, like at least we did a... I, I wasn't banking on it. So um, so I watched a lot of people. It was it was a good instinct. It was like I saw the tape and and I just knew it. I kind of knew it. Like, and and there was one character that was re it was the last to cast. Like I had to... I had everybody else, and I was like, I still haven't found this person. I'm going to have to keep searching because it was important. Um, and I think this is an approach. I'm, and it's, um, I don't know, like once you work with actors a good amount of time, I guess you just get better at understanding their craft. But it's still the, the part of filmmaking that I least understand because I have never done it. Mm -hmm. Acted? Yeah. yeah. Trust me, I've done in film school. It's not good. You don't <laughs> want to see it. Uh, uh, and they keep telling us, directors, you should take an acting class. You should do this. And I have considered just never really put the trigger on it. So. Um, yeah, so we, we met in a directing the actors class. Um, I love actors. I think they're special people. Um, and I did theater in high school, I don't call myself an actor um, because I think that I don't, well, I don't have that aspiration one and I'm not working hard to be an actor. So, um, and I know that there's a lot of work um, that's involved. So um, I have had the fortunate, I've been fortunate enough to work with really great actors um, who I also call my friends and Typically, when I'm casting, I have someone in mind. Um, when I'm reading something or writing something, I pull from my network of actors that are talented already <laughs> and yeah. hopefully won't charge a bunch. But um, for this one, <laughs> and for this one, um, most of my cast are children, and so it will right. be heavily, um, I will be relying on a casting director. Um, and looking at tapes and, and, um, yeah, just seeing how it goes from there. Great. Okay. I'm, I'm 
thinking from the actor's perspective here, I'm like, but you didn't tell me. It's like, no, no, oh. no, I don't act. I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes and be like, well, you didn't tell me how you're going to cast me. I'm just, no. <laughs> uh, it was mentioned that you just know, like you, you just, you watch tapes and you're like, and some, you just, there's something that pops out. It's hard to really differentiate why. Yeah. I mean, they, this one made me laugh. This one didn't make me laugh. It was the same line, similar beat. Um, so there's, so there's that sort of thing too, and then I'm I'm curious um, as well for like when you get um, the East Asian mother actors, like the actors all audition, like you have you have 15 of them in front of you that are all submitting the pieces, like the differentiator on what you look for, even on the communication, like the back and forth of uh, whether it's in a room or whether you're asking for tapes, like what you ask of an actor to really differentiate if uh, if they're right for the role via if it's the signs that you give or um yeah oh, you asked her oh i was yeah i guess you could go ahead yeah <laughs> um well i think that there's nothing that you can do really except um you know do the work come in and do your best <laughs> mm-hmm. and then as a director you just kind of um, you can be surprised sometimes when reviewing tapes and be like, oh, I didn't imagine that role to be like interpreted in this way. It's really interesting and, and, and that's always fun. But I think that um, it's, it's hard to kind of guess what it is that the director is looking for. It's, I think, all about the text, doing your work and then going in and being as um, not as nervous as you can be and then uh, just authentic and to the role. Um, and then, ah, man, I had something I was going to say, but I forgot, um, about that. But anyway, yeah, Yeah, um, I think when we took that directing the actor class, I made it a thing to have lunch with these actors or mostly within my network because, you know, they're part of the exercise. Um, And I I just, at that time, I just moved to New York. I sorry, from from New York to L.A. So I didn't really have a huge network. But, like, uh, yeah, I essentially sat down with them and talked about their background and just kind of dive into, like, see what their emotional resources is like um, and, uh, and what they could take out of, like are willing to share and I think with a lot of my films they're all very intense <laughs> and so what, whatever they could bring out in them whether if they do have like a refugee background like mine like, okay think about your crazy parents you know kind of yeah. thing or not sorry not crazy they're just very unsurvivable a lot because of what they had to with, you know s- s- you know to do to survive um, and yeah basically drawing from that and how far they could go with it yeah, I remember what I was going to say. And also what you were saying um, brings something to mind too. Emotional range is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but but understanding, like in a in um, an audition, or for example, ha- I always like to give a note or two just to see if that, der- at, that actor would take the note, um, which would show emotional range. And so that's really important to me as a director when casting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember casting for my uh, other short film rule of threes um yeah this is one guy we auditioned it was just like no matter what no we gave him it was the same thing <laughs> and so i was like it, it was a cold read but still it was just kind of like like yeah like all right let's yeah he just couldn't try anything different <laughs> he didn't get the part sorry <laughs> i i 
think definitely come prepared. I have had people like not even know what character like they were auditioning for. It's like didn't I book you like like you're scared like you should at least know what character you're here for I have had that <laughs> um and and I think there's also good actors and good actors for the part those are distinct things like it's just it's just a thing like they can even read in a way that you liked but it's just like the character has a through line and like you know where it's it's just if they're only reading a scene and you might keep them in mind for other projects. I have had that. Like, you know, like, or like oh, I remember this actor, but it's just not for this part. And you, you're never going to know. Unfortunately, you, uh, all you know is the scene. All you have is the sides. You can probably Google the director and see what else is done if you were. But I don't know how much that will help, really. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm also thinking about the uh, little bit of the intangibles aspect, too, with showing up on time the the like you said you sat down and you you converse with the actors and kind of get a, a sense of their background how open are they with you how vulnerable are they being with you how much do they trust you that building that trust back and forth um the, i don't know like maybe social media i don't know if you would go to like their instagram and be like how does this person present themselves to the, like i don't know how far that goes but i know it was also mentioned that sometimes um there is a character written with a specific actor already in mind, um, which kind of helps streamline that process too. But then there's all the, there's always so many characters built around that that we're not really, I don't know. But that's me. Yeah, I think that goes with any creative collaboration. Is like, are, mm -hmm. do they communicate well? Um, are they ghosting me? <laughs> I've had that before. Um, you know. Uh, when working professionally with anybody, you know, I do have a standard where, you know, at least call or write me back, like, within a, a reasonable time frame. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I heard a laugh, so I tried to hand the mic. Didn't work out. Um, okay. So next topic. I'm curious as to... I'll ask a broad question first, and then we can kind of hone in a little bit closer. I don't know if anybody has a thought on this, but the question is, what does um, being a director mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, what does a director mean to me? Definitely the person with the vision. Uh, we, uh, Me and Tina, we work as ADs. We have been in many sets with directors, and it's like, I have seen directors like, they don't know what they're doing. It's like, everybody can call themselves a director, doesn't mean they are a director. Um, you definitely need to know the material, definitely need to have an overall vision of the whole, um, and you need to be a leader, like, you have to collaborate with your crew, you can't be afraid of them, you have to, you hire, I think casting and hiring the right crew is, it, it makes the project. So that's also kind of the job of the director. Like how I, I would be very hands-on in hiring uh, all these people. At least so far, we haven't been in a big budget yet. I don't know if we do a Marvel movie, we have time to like pick every single person. But uh, <laughs> right now, uh, I think it's very important and they need to understand you're auditioning them too. Like they need to understand what you're going for. They need to have the right tools to elevate what you're going for. Um, 
just as we specialize in some stuff, some other people specialize in some stuff in their departments as well. So it's about knowing who to pick. And on site, you got to be a leader. You cannot hide behind the door. When I, yeah, that happens. I don't know, like people who disappear because they get freaked out. You have to like <laughs> his face. You are the captain of the ship. God damn it. I, I'm sorry. It's just one of those things that I, as I'm also an AD and I feel that way too. And it's also it, but I know there's different directing styles where people will tend to like the improv, more of improvisation and all that. Everyone has, has to be more on board on that, you know, but ultimately you're the captain of the ship and yet vision is so like, like imperative because to, make things smooth it starts from the top and not only about the creative creatively but also safety wise like we're all responsible for safety we're also all responsible for the creative process of this but we yeah they yeah we have to there needs to be a leader of that and that is a like maybe some directors don't feel that that huge responsibility but it is there you know? yeah and i and i and i think uh i hear that a lot on interviews of directors that i watch like you're there to answer questions you're going to throw a question, you have to have an answer for that, you have to have an answer for that, you have to answer that. For, in order for everybody to do their job, you need to have an answer for them. And if they don't have an answer, you just say, you know, I don't have an answer, what's your suggestion kind of thing, that collaborative, like, um, uh, I guess, exchange with that. Because, yeah, of course, like, one person can have all the answers, but it's like that's where you have to guide them to it. But, yeah. But, like, pick a caller, they'll say, ah! I don't know, caller. Yellow or red? Pick, pick a caller. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna disagree with the ads here. No, no I th everything that they're saying is absolutely right, and I feel that in my bones too. And for me, um, directing is something that you know I feel very privileged to be able to do, and um, just the act of filmmaking and directing to me is my form of expression, um, and. Yeah, so I think with that comes a lot of vision and um, making sure that your team knows what's happening and then um, making sure that your team also feels um, emboldened too, like to do their job well and to um, make the best film that can possibly be made. I must say too, a lot of us aren't from extremely privileged background where it's just like, here's a directing role, go ahead, you know, kind of thing. We all work as like our own like business leaders really like we mm -hmm. to even start this campaign we have to learn how to form an llc and all this stuff so directing at least for myself as someone who's not connected it's being essentially like yeah like running a startup in that sense being like a like a ceo of something like a, like a just kind of like constantly like what shaped me for a director is actually being more of a better business person um and being well well-rounded in a lot of different ways to try to get to that certain direction. So it's not only only about working on set, it's really all the stuff around it, writing a script, you know, like I know Marisa doesn't like to write, but it's like that's something that's expected of Does us. Does anyone like to write? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> somehow. That, that kind of thing. It's like they, it, like, it, it, honestly for directing, it, it really makes me, like, I guess, makes me grow a lot uh, bigger of a person, I got, or not a bigger person, but just kind of like it, it. This journey, it's mostly about the journey of just kind of growing in that sense, and that's what directing has allowed me to be. And rather being a better business person, better creative, and all these different layers of better communicator. My parents are not the best communicators, and it's not their fault. But I, 
I worked on it so much for all these years and building confidence because I don't have a lot of confidence and that's something that I keep, you know, working on and that will, there's never an ending, like, finish line on that, but that's what the process of directing leads me there and that's what at least directing means to me. And I, th and I think story as well, um, even if it's commercial, it's all about story and character, story and character. I don't like to write, but I need to know what a story is. I need to know how to make a cohesive film uh, that makes sense. You'll be surprised at how much stuff you see that does not make sense. And, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, and direct, you need to know all the tools. You don't need to be an expert on everything. Like I'm not a big camera person, but you need to be able to know basics of everything because you need to know what works for the story. So yeah, my <laughs> <agenda>. <laughs> I was going to ask about um, running running a set. I know it was brought up uh, like setting a tone, yeah. um, being you know the captain of the ship. <laughs> 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 captain, oh captain. Um, anything in particular? I guess I'm thinking about like little things like. When we break for lunch, where does the director hang out? Where do you like what is it is that a time to catch up on stuff and go with uh, uh, some other heads or do you hang out with the cast or do you hang out with the crew? As an AD, unless I don't have questions for the director, I need to catch up with him at lunch for the next day, unfortunately. Unless if you're if you did a prep like marvelously. And everything is running smoothly, which it's usually not the case. You 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 have questions that need answers, and usually, unfortunately, lunch is a good time that ADs working, the directors working, some head of departments are working. They're all talking, they're looking at the call sheet, and they are talking about the next day. So also as an AD, I really don't like working during lunch. <laughs> and also as an introvert, like set, like old, like I, I know I don't sound like it, but I am a high, like a huge introvert. And I, lunch is the time where I'm gonna run away and sleep and just kind of like, cause you know being on set and everything is overstimulating yes. and it highly is overstimulating. And I know there's questions that needs to be answered, but at the same time, even for the crew too, they need a break as well. So I wouldn't want to like pressure, uh, if we could help it, pressure them to work during lunch. Um, I could never help it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it all depends. You know, like I, uh, the last, the short film that I did last year, um, during lunch we were all having a picnic in the garden and having a nice talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> what do you need, Luca? Okay, uh, this is my son. Um, so. Yeah, it, you know, it was a bit more relaxed, um, and that was, like, the last day. And But the day before, we were running a little bit behind, and we just had to work work through lunch, yeah. I mean, it just depends. Yeah. Each set, I think, has its own little e different ecosystem. Yeah, so when, I, I guess, when I direct, like... You want pistachios? You, want pistachios? She, she <laughs> you, have, you have nuts in your room. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um... Right, my sets. Um, so well, I do a lot of prep, and I go in knowing 
like this shots that I need and everything and I basically edit it in my brain beforehand. So for the most part, I have a game plan and if and I know how to compromise on that of what if we're running out of time and stuff. So with lunch, like I yeah, again, that's like a sacred moment where we just need a need a break and stuff. So at least like I could relax and everyone could relax and and granted these the, the past sets I worked on is all my friends. So I wouldn't want to I will just chill with them because they're my friends. And some of them I haven't seen for a very long time and they're helping me randomly on this weekend or something. So, um, so yeah, essentially, because it, ultimately it's still a collaborative ex you know, experience and it's not as much as it can form into work and all that stuff. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, sorry. No, I feel nervous knowing what to say. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, I, yeah, as long as you do the prep, you know, lunch is, you could relax and kind of thing. And yes, of course, like if there's little kinks we talk about, but yeah, I don't want to pressure everyone. I, I think like for myself, I will like to keep on having the mentality that these are my collaborators and not my, my employees. You know? As a director of my short films, I never had to work to lunch. Uh, the last one was pretty smooth too. Like we didn't go over time because I kind of AD myself too. Like exact compromise is a very big word. And very important. You need to know exactly what you can cut, what you can, uh, to make your day. Um, if you just expect the AD or all the other departments to make the day for you, you're not the captain of the ship. You really need to be aware of everything. And, like, to make your day, if you need to compromise, you got to compromise. Uh, yeah, like, our, I think, but also I think our budgets and, and how big our projects are, they haven't been that big yet. So it's a, def a very different uh, environment for sure. It's way more camaraderie, way more relaxed, especially because we kind of produce it as well. Like we have our hands in everything. Mm -hmm. So so it's definitely like we know everything that's going on. Nobody has to come and ask us. <laughs> Great. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, yeah, I, I guess I was also, I mean, you, you kind of touched on it. I was curious about the uh, the ideal, the maybe the ideal director lunch, which you kind of talked about. Like, from the AD side, it's, I got to bug the director because we, we're not on top of this. But when you're directing, it's a different story because there's some AD background. Um, I don't know if... if no, uh, no, not an AD, yeah. Um, but when, when I prep, I prep like... Um, an editor, I guess you would say, like uh, yeah. I, um, I edit freelance, and I'm typically editing my own films. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, been so, there, been there. Yeah, yeah. So when I'm creating a shot list, I uh, only make what I only write in what it is I need for my edit, and so typically when I plan for my day, like I, I will do kind of like the AD work in my head and I, I haven't been able to afford 80s on all of my sets so I have to schedule the day <laughs> mm -hmm. and I don't want everybody to be unhappy so I, I make sure that they have breaks and lunches and and all of that yeah so that's kind of how I've been working um and as a sometimes I court help coordinate or help produce and a lot of that is involved too mm -hmm. great I do want to ask about a little bit more background foundation building too because i you bringing up the ad background that you've ad'd sets before i'm curious on the multiple hat aspect of because it's been brought up that uh directing is 
understanding at least a little bit of what everybody's doing around you so you can you can communicate wow communicate <laughs> and uh and you know captain cap, i'll say it again captain <laughs> cap, <laughs> captain your ship captain your ship so um i guess i'd be curious just to hear a little bit about the multiple hats that each of you have worn through just even as a director or otherwise what departments you've been through and mm-hmm. a lot yeah um well i heard you wore a lot of hats on your films too which is kind of cool like yeah yeah so you know all about I that can, i can do that i can do it if, <laughs> if needed yes um for me uh typically um uh post is kind of like well, on production, you know, I'll be producing slash ADing my own stuff or um, sometimes hanging things up, moving production design, you know, basically a, a lot of the hats, <laughs> except sound. I'm not like that's one thing where I'm like, no, absolutely not. Um, and then in post, I um, have been able to edit and color grade and um, now can do that professionally as well. Um as far as working professionally on other sets, mostly I, I create, I'm an editor or I um, live in the producing mm-hmm. role, like under production coordinator or whatnot. So. I was going to ask, sorry. Uh, so no sound. Is that no. is that because you've tried sound and then you came to post and you're like, I can't hear anything or it's peaking everywhere? Or is it just... It's just- you just knew the up, math and the science of it really just it's too much from goes the get. over my head okay. and it doesn't land the, uh, like a decibel like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't land at a decibel <laughs> great quote yeah. I, I actually started working in the camera department uh, I was a camera PA for like a year and then I realized the cases the lenses just got bigger and bigger and I just couldn't handle it anymore <laughs> Like, I was on one show in New York. Um, it was like, Tina, get the eagle. I was like, the eagle? What's that? And it was just lens that was, t- like, the case is as tall as me and rolling in the streets of New York. And I was just like, I can't do this. And this is the summer. Can you imagine winter? <laughs> kind of thing. And so, and it also at the time, too, I still had aspirations to direct. And um, I felt that I started to gravitate towards the AD department because, um like it's still directing it's maybe not as like as creative as most people think but it's just like it's still communicating with other people how to even make a turn left you know (laughs) or even directing background actors on set because a lot of like on the shows I've worked on like the background PAs would help like kind of like I guess direct the the background actors to like go in the scenes across in the scenes um, so I knew that at that time I was like I need to work on that skill of how to communicate better and all that. Um, so that's kind of where I started. Like yeah, camera, and then I kind of you know gravitated towards that specific um, I guess department. Um, but it's also a lot of watching other people. And I I worked on a lot of major sets in New York, and it's just how they are structured and they are very fine line about how to do things, uh, which is really great. Super efficient work in new york if you like to guys if you but also be careful because it's the weather sucks um but anyway um and it's a lot to handle because it could rain for 20 minutes and then it'll be like 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 super hot in the next like three hours or whatever it is um anyway but just learning from there and just watching and just understanding how each department works from that and community you know and you know as a production assistant at the time it's just like you get to talk to every different department and then 
I guess, be their therapist and see how what they're complaining about on the set or whatever, and then seeing how what their their ideas of what how to do things right, um, and then learning from that, and then yeah, essentially you're learning from other people's mistakes in that sense. Um, I gravitated towards Eugene just because I I'm not technical like camera, definitely not sound. I did sound like for. For like colleagues to see films, but press the button. Just uh, but like I'm not gonna do that on my personal. I like I'm hiring somebody. Uh, editing, I have edited my stuff, but out of necessity. I definitely think other people are probably more skilled. Just because of the technical part, exactly. Like everything is changing. Like cameras change every f- few months, and like also like codecs and 4Ks and like all, all just everything changes so fast. Like it's not for me. But I can understand what a telephoto lens looks like different than a wide angle and a 50 millimeter. Like, that's, I need to know that. Um, but I also, this, uh, I think what Tina said is, is very good. Like, I've done background PA. Um, it's, it's, it is the AD's job. Like, it's not a director to direct background. But just knowing how to fill a scene and like how to see how that works, and also treating hu- uh, people like human beings. I have had so many background actors come to me and like, oh, like thanking me just for being a normal person and not like treating them like shit. And and I think everybody on every set, but we know sometimes it doesn't happen. But like, yeah, just treat everybody well the way you would like to be treated. Um, I have done script supervising. Um, so that's also a good skill to have, like really understanding continuity and like what does the editor need, uh, that's st- that type of stuff. Um, and producing, I mean, locations count. I have found most of locations of all my films. That's like, you know, you kind of do it because you know what you want and like you don't have money to pay somebody to really do it. So you kind of do it yourself um, and hire the crew usually found it myself so far for my projects as well. Um, and casting, have done it all by myself, have not had a casting director yet, so had to do that too. Very looking forward. That's another thing I'm looking forward to working with a casting director. Um, yeah. Yeah, one, one really like, we knew from the get-go, like starting through the blinds, um, that we all have different skill sets. Like we have two awesome ADs here and, um, we have actor-focused directors or actors slash directors. Like, I have the post background. You know, like, we have a teacher. And, like, we all have different valuable skill sets that we can bring to the table that complement each other. Like, you know, I feel like that's kind of what we realize going forth. Like, oh, we all don't think the same or have the same kind of skills. Um which could be frightening at first, <laughs> but then eventually we're like, oh, this is actually an asset. This is actually pushing us forward and like, you know, taking one step forward at a time. It's been great. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing about being so indie is that we also, we all have to dip our feet in everything anyway. So like, even if you're in school or something, when there's like a three person crew I mean you have to do everything including sound and all that stuff um so that's all been very helpful on that um actually I forgot my train of thought okay here we go and then you know worst case scenario on our project through the blinds like we have an AD (laughs) and we have actors um but yeah go ahead yes I was I guess let me look at the I was gonna all right um I was gonna ask about 
the awesome thing that Through the Blinds offers, like there, we mentioned it's seven women directors all each doing a short film, combining into the one feature film. So being that it's all using the same location, my assumption, my, my producer brain says like, well, we can only do one short at once. So then is my, is my, is, yeah. is my gut. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, the, I'm not a part of that. <laughs> but so when, when a short is going, I'm, I'm curious on if there's any intention or like to kind of to dip into each, into each other's shorts and like, Hey, I'll come. I like, I want to, like, I don't know if, Oh, you like, mean like helping wise? Yeah, like, so like yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm currently prepping on mine, but you're shooting yours and you're prepping on yours and, and the continued collaboration through the whole, like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it depends, you know, it depends on everyone's um, life work balance yeah. during the time. Um, and yeah, but it, it, it is like we're a support system for each other and there's seven. So if not all seven can join, a few of us can join yeah. on that set to hold a boom or whatever is needed at the time. Um, or just say hi. Yeah, or just say hi or like <laughs> Destiny can bring the morale up like no, no other, you know. So it's, it is um, something that we have been planning to do all along is to help yeah. be there for each other. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I know it was brought up um, directing the Marvel movie. You know, talking <laughs> talking that 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 dream. Because I know like many dreams. <laughs> no, for sure. Because I think about like it's just I'm a Marvel fan. So thinking about how those directors, those movies are all kind of little episodes of the larger thing, and those directors will often hop on each other's sets. Like, what are you doing with this character, and what are you doing with over here? What is your thing? How are you handling this? So, uh, I like the idea of just being able to hop in and like mm-hmm. poke it, poke your head in. Sounds kind of fun too. Yeah, and we all <laughs> want each other to succeed, and also it's our film in, in its entirety. So, like, yeah, we want it to be the best it possibly can. So, like, if that means like let's pick up the morale of this day or like let's like you know oh something it needs help over here something's like yeah, falling apart we'll be gophers yeah yeah hopefully we don't have to do that i know at least for <laughs> me like like for me ading takes a lot out yeah, of me lot, and yeah. so i wouldn't want to like do like yeah, ad it's like yeah. six of the films and then be like oh shoot mine that's like, why i said worst case scenario yeah yeah but <laughs> yeah but yeah hopefully we will be fully funded by then mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you going to go for? Um, I, I'm pretty sure we're all very prep-oriented. We're going to prep the hell out of it. Uh, and like we said, production design is so important. It's got to be continuous, and we're going to have to have time to turn it around mm-hmm. um, from one decade to the other. Like There's going to be a, like a, an interval in between that the production, that the, our people can you know change everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Is that all I was gonna say? I guess so. <laughs> okay, I feel like I feel like we're kind of. I think like we're kind of there. I don't know if I'm missing anything big. I don't. I feel I don't. Uh, well, we. The big thing is that we are still crowdfunding and it's open for. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have 20 more days still. Or no, 19. 19, 19 days. Um, and this is just the beginning. We're just. We're just. Um crowdfunding to get us off the ground to get into pre-production um but we're still looking for funding um so investors executive producers to attach all the yada 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 things that it takes to make a film. all the yada yada things <laughs> well said yeah. um I, I don't know i guess just last i don't know if there may, may not be comments on this it's more of just a thought but uh again the 
I know as a creative, as a director, it is difficult sometimes to find other people that are in the hustle the same way that you are. So um, I imagine, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I just love it. I just love what's going on here. It's so awesome. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just, it's just, it's just so cool. And just thinking about having that support system is so helpful. Like, yeah. I know it's hard. It's it's hard to find yeah just other people that are making stuff similar to you in any capacity, the indie level, or they're also trying to push the next level, and you can support each other that way. So I think it's awesome that uh, that this is going on, and I'm sure it's going to continue kind of probably forever. Is my you know that's that's the the hope uh, yeah we <laughs> yeah. definitely agree uh i think we didn't quite know how this collaboration is going to go starting like it was all new to all of us but uh we all like it very much it's like it just takes a lot of pressure and and like she said complementary skills so all of all the things it takes to build a directing career, to build a movie from the ground up, we kind of have it all together. Yeah, another thing special about our project is that Luis set up a culture where it's uh, almost one, really 100% consensus, where it's like we all need to agree or at least be satisfied of certain decisions when we make our de big decisions. And so, and then we'll, you know, get each other's back whenever, like, if someone can't show up or something like that. So that type of culture of us being very collaborative, everyone has a voice, everyone, you know, could chime in into what, what we could try doing something different and, and like allowing that to take space and yeah, leaning on to, yeah, doing something different or like, um, yes, essentially we're, just, we're welcoming with each other. We're all friends, we're welcoming each other and we just kind of hope that that kind of like attitude is like you know bleeds on to other projects and not only within our within our um or through the blinds ip or whatever but just other because there's just so many sets lately that are just like the director's a tyrant or whoever and then like and then they do all these things or like whatever that drama they have you know like we don't want to reflect that we want to we want to do more than just make a film we just want to we want not we want to change the culture we do on set and also the like and the, what we want to represent, like a lot of our stories, again, are from under women are from represented communities that a lot of society has looked past on, unfortunately, or just media in general. Um, but we're, yeah, again, want to shine a light on that, that we're all American, we're all like, we exist and we're here. And I'm make not room American. For us. <laughs> right? I'm Brazilian up in here. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, um, I feel like, we're excited too. And yeah, like Louisa was saying, we didn't know how this was going to go. It could have been a major disaster. <laughs> I mean, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you, you never know. Yeah. And our personalities, and we just respect each other a lot. And we, um, at the end of the day, ego aside, we want to make the best thing together and we support each other in each other's careers. Yeah. Love it. What a lovely note to end on there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> captain of the ship uh i guess just lastly captains, really captains yeah. plural captains of the ships <laughs> uh yeah what is this is this dumb question i was gonna say what is multiple ships turns into a um 
Is it a fleet? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Trivia pursuit. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to plug the website and the or the Instagram is at the that, um, through the blinds film is our Instagram handle, and then through the blinds anthology is our website. Uh, you can search through the blinds on Seed and Spark if you would like to support or follow. Um, and follow. yeah, we want to get to a thousand followers. Let's go. Let's go. And then all of our um, all of our handles and all of our stuff. We each have our own websites and everything. You can find them on um, through the blinds anthology.com. Great. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like second guessing myself. I feel like I'm missing something huge here. But I think we're good. I think it's great. Okay. Huge. What? What huge? Are, are you thinking like? I one, feel. I feel like you know, it's like I'll. I'll hit cut and then I'll be like, I never even asked what the name of the project. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like that. Like that. Sorry, but, but we've talked. Yeah, I think I we're good. I think we're good. Well, I mean, I guess we, we haven't named the rest of the directors. Like uh, Christine Duralaga, she's directing. Oh God, I already forgot the year she's directing. 1957. Well, the fifties decade. Destiny Stewart is directing the. Written directing uh, the 1960s. Uh, Rebecca Louisiel is doing the 1970s with the acid trip that everyone's like excited about, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Jessica Leo is um, directing the 80s. So those are all our directors that, mm-hmm. yeah, that who unfortunately couldn't be here today. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess I will mention. I know you're at the end of the episode already, but if you, I did also did I also did an interview with Jessica Liu, so you can learn more about her and her project on that episode so you can check that out um great i was gonna say i know this is probably not in the story i was gonna make a prediction of the acid trip because i know you mentioned acid trip you see a flashback potentially to a previous short (laughs) i was thinking if it saw the future short that'd be cool too like a fortune kind of thing but i don't want to spoil it i don't want to spoil it (laughs) great okay (laughs) or the becca will answer that (laughs) Yeah, that was, uh, great, cool. Uh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah, we're grateful. Thank you for so much for having you. us. Thank you. Us. Yeah, and we're doing. I'm holding the mic for both of us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for being a part. Um, yeah, that was lovely, and uh, that's the show. Woo! Okay, bye everybody. Bye. 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 Bye.